0: Hello and welcome to Hacked Off. In today's episode, I have Sarah and Sean with me and we're going to talk about breaking into cyber, the Cyber First program and all things related to that. Before we get into it though, um, Sarah, why don't you introduce yourself?
1: Yeah, hi. Hi, everyone. So, I'm Sarah. Um, I'm the lead for the CyberFirst Programme, and I work for the National Cyber Security Centre. I'm actually um, an employee of GCHQ, and I have been there for quite a long time now. So, I actually started as an analyst, and then I progressed through various roles, and now I have the pleasure and honour of leading the CyberFirst Programme, which is all about creating a future diverse talent pipeline of um, future cybersecurity professionals. Um, and then alongside me is Sean.
2: Hi, I'm Sean. I'm the Cyber First Girls competition lead. I've been running the competition now since it began uh, and we're in our fifth year. So uh, it's a, a really good, really rewarding role. And uh, it's it's great to um, encourage these young girls to get involved in cyber.
0: So let's start at the very beginning then. For those who've not heard of Cyber First, uh, what is it?
1: Yes, yeah, so if I pick that one up. So Cyber First is a programme that's been running since 2015. Um, and the minister who was in, um, in place at the time recognized that there was a big gap in the, in the cybersecurity jobs market, and he wanted to be able to do something about that and um, encourage more children and students to think about a career in cybersecurity. So he came up with the idea about running a bursary program, and Cyber First was then born. So the bursary program um, is us actually trying to encourage students in university to think about cybersecurity as a profession. And we give them a £4,000 a year bursary, up to four years of academic study. Plus, we also find the paid work experience and job opportunities in industry or government for up to eight weeks over the summer. And on top of their £4,000 a year bursary, we pay them £250 a week plus accommodation and plus expenses. So it's a great scheme. And when we started in 2015, we had the ambition of having a thousand students in our program by 2020, which I'm really pleased to say that we've hit. And now we've now got a new target of having two and a half thousand students in our program by 2025. But one of the things that we recognised is that the students, whilst going through school, don't always think about cybersecurity as a profession. And a lot of the time, we're also finding it's still a very male dominated profession within the sector. I think it's only 16 percent of women are um, taking up cybersecurity roles. So we wanted to do something about that. So we then started offering a whole range of opportunities for students age 11 all the way through to 17. Um, That's a whole range of one day courses to five day courses. But one of the big things that we wanted to do was to do something just for the girls and to get the girls really excited and to make them think differently. So, back in, or Sharma will have to tell me, remind me the date, 2016 17. 2016 17, we started the Cyber First Girls Competition, which we can talk about in a bit more detail. And that is something just for the girls. And it's just to give them a bit of excitement and uh, make them feel special and give them an opportunity to take part in a really exciting competition. So that's sort of Cyber First in a nutshell. It's all about creating an excitement and creating a future talent pipeline. And one of the key things is part of our bursary programme is we do now have students graduating off the programme into jobs So we have had 200 students graduate off the programme, and 95% of those have gone into cybersecurity job roles. And the other thing is that on our programme, we have 23% of our graduates are girls, which is really, really great. So that is above that 16% that are currently within industry. So albeit we're small, but we are helping to fill that gap. So that's
0: Cyber First in a nutshell. That sounds fantastic. Those are some really good uh, figures. there. The 95% going into cyber roles is is great success.
1: Yeah, it's great. Um, You know, it's so rewarding for us to be able to work on it. And Charlotte will probably talk to you about some case studies, but it's really nice for us to be, Seeing a girl that we started working um, working with us at age 14 has now come through each of our programmes and is now on that bursary programme. So you've seen someone join at 14 and now with us at 18 and then hopefully we'll see them um, graduate and get a job in the cybersecurity sector. Uh, we also run an apprenticeship programme, but the apprenticeship programme is just for GCHQ. It's not sort of UK PLC. So we have two routes that students can eventually go off onto, an apprenticeship programme or the bursary programme. Um, but it's, it's great. We love it. It's, I think in my whole career, this is one of the most rewarding
0: jobs I've ever had, which is a really nice
1: thing to be able to say.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So um, what kind of roles do, do the people who are graduating move into? You know, we're saying roles within cybersecurity, but, but can you give any examples? Uh,
1: well, what I'd have to say probably one of the most popular roles is pen testing. A lot of our students, really? uh, software development, um, software analysis. But we have also just started going into teaching. So through working with the Department for Education, um, some of our students are now wanting to become c- computer science teachers. So, which doesn't sound necessarily a bit like cybersecurity, but you need the computer science teachers to be able to teach the kids about cybersecurity to get them into those future professions. Yeah. So we have a couple of students going into the um, teaching profession. Uh, we've also got some going into cybersecurity law, cybersecurity HR practices. Um, so, as you said, the, the roles are so many and varied, and that's one of the things that we try and um, teach the students through the program is how many different types of roles there are within the cybersecurity sector. And we have 120 companies, industry companies that work with us, and those 120 companies talk on our courses and they talk about the different jobs there are, the different roles, how they got into that sector. So it really opens the students' eyes into what opportunities there are. So, yeah, so our students are going down loads and loads of different routes, which is amazing.
0: Yeah, that's a surprising breadth of roles there. I think when people think cybersecurity, you kind of think maybe, you know, hacking or defending, like there's two paths and that's it. But you yeah, know, you mentioned uh, quite a range there, so that's surprising. Yeah, it's great.
1: and um, obviously. What we are seeking through Cyber First is diversity, not only in terms of gender and ethnicity, but diversity in terms of thought as well and leadership. So, and it just proves that no matter what your passion is, cybersecurity, there's probably lots and lots of different opportunities that you can um, have. And one of the key things that we're looking for is role models. Um Shana will probably talk a bit about this, but trying to find an inspirational female role model figure in the cybersecurity sector is actually quite hard. Yeah. So. We now have little videos of women working in the cybersecurity sector, talking about themselves and how they got into that profession. Um, And We've got these all loaded up onto a little website. So all of the kids now can go and have a look at those. And, And who knows, one of those women could become a future potential role model, or even if they're someone just might relate to a certain character and think, yeah, do you know what, I really want to be that person, or yeah, I really want to do that job. And that's what we're just hoping
0: to do, just sort of just open people's eyes to what the opportunities are. Yeah, that can be a big thing, can't it? If you're looking at something that maybe you're interested in, you know, there's a role that sounds interesting to you. But if you can't see anybody within those roles that you identify with, then that in itself might put you off. So having those role models, knowing that people before you have been successful must be a really key part.
1: Yeah, it is. And I think one of the other things
0: we're doing is with
1: our bursary students, we've created an alumni programme. So those students that have graduated off our program then they're part of the alumni. And what we want those students to do is to go back into schools, maybe talk to the girls that did through the girls' competition and talk to them about how they've got to where they are. Um, sometimes just finding a younger person to talk to the students. The students can then relate to it a bit more than someone of my age, you know, um, that's maybe sort of coming to the end of their career than others. So it's just finding someone that the students can relate to uh, that really helps them and opens their eyes to what they could do
0: yeah that sounds great so on the on the diversity side of things you mentioned that um a program specifically for, for the girls Um how are yep. those programs different sean
2: do you want to talk about this yeah so the difference i suppose with the uh, in you know, with the rest of the cyber first program is the girls competition at the moment is purely for girls um, whereas all the rest of the things we do for courses they're mixed um, although we do actually have girl specific courses because that we have found that that does help in some regions Um, But obviously, the bursary is a mixed bursary group. But the girls' girls' competition specifically is is primarily for that for that girls.
0: That's that's one of the main differences, I would say. So it's the same kind of opportunity as just maybe raising some awareness of of trying to attract those groups.
2: Um yeah absolutely. So we want them to do the courses and and uh and learn wider than the than what we offer on the girls' competition. but the competition itself is just another opportunity for girls to work as a group um work in their own peer group. We found that uh, sometimes in the mixed group they they don 't work as well or they they feel that their voice isn 't heard and we did a little bit of research at the beginning um. And, it, you know, it's just it's about giving them that confidence to to do and say what they think. Uh, and we found that girls like to work in groups, uh, generally speaking. Um, so that's why we thought that the girls competition was a really good opportunity to give them that chance, work together as a team. And teamwork is really important in the girls competition. That's one of the skills that we want to um, highlight, if you like, that actually when we have a in the organization an issue that we have to resolve, we work as a team. We bring in different types of team members. With different skill sets to actually come to a resolve a solution, so yeah, that's why uh, that's what we wanted to do uh, to give those girls that specific opportunity in a competition environment um, to uh, yeah to gain some confidence to gain some skills. And to look at the cyber buffet, somebody described me uh, cyber security as like a buffet. There's lots of different elements to it. And somebody wants to pick up and, and try different bits. And that's what we're trying to trying to do for the girls in, that, in the competition space, really. You know, look at different things they've never thought of before and perhaps go, that one's not for me. But actually, do you know what? I quite like cryptography. You know, but that's what we're trying to achieve, really.
0: I love that term, cyber buffet. I think that's a really neat way of describing something that, that I've certainly experienced throughout my career that. Cyber is a huge field. We we worked this out earlier, right, when we were talking about the different roles that were available. You know, whatever your preference, skill set, background is, there's going to be something for you. And I I really like cyber buffet as a way of describing this. It's
2: got food, you see. I'm just obviously very food orientated.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think also because cyber affects everyone's life, doesn't it? It is now part of your daily life. And I think we have to try and stop people thinking about it as something unique and something different. It's something that's there. It's something that's always going to be there. And it's something that's growing. So in terms of a potential job, um, there's never, ever going to be a shortage. And actually, I think there's been some studies that have recently just come out that throughout COVID, cybersecurity job market wasn't affected. And if anything, the demand for cybersecurity professionals has grown over the whole of the COVID period. So, which I think is amazing, really, in terms of the challenges that people have been facing. It's the one sector that is surviving and growing um, just throughout this whole this pandemic.
0: It's a, it's a great thing to point out as well to young people who are looking at, obviously, when you're young, if you're going to get into a job, you want to know that it's secure and that it's uh, still going to be there throughout your career. And, and that's a great thing to highlight of, you know, if during such a period of duress, this market has done well or even grown, um, yeah. that, must, that must give them a lot of confidence.
1: Yeah, and I think for us it's just um, getting the kids to make the right choices when they do their GCSEs and when they do their A-levels and things like that. I mean, computer science isn't the be-all and end-all, but if we could get a few more children taking those right subject choices, that helps as well. Um, But then you need the teachers to be able to teach the subject as well, and there's a shortage of teachers. So it's a bit um, chicken egg at the moment in terms of the situation, Um, but the girls' competition, it's done at a certain age that's trying to encourage the girls to take... Well, not just computer science, but STEM as well, isn't it, Charlotte? Yeah. But also, I'd like, I, for me, I think um, even if girls
2: have got a, an, an idea of a career that they want to do, as Sarah says, whatever it is going to be, if it's within, um, you know, if they want to be a doctor, there's all that personal data, patient data that they need to protect. Everybody in the future is going to have to be aware that whatever they're dealing with, there's always going to be a, a cybersecurity element to it. So even if they don't go into it as a deep technical expert, Whatever comes up their way in the future, it will touch on cybersecurity. They will have to be aware. And raising that level of awareness across the piece is really important to us at the National Cybersecurity Center. So, you know, again, giving the girls that opportunity, they might not take it up. It might not be what they need, but they'll have had enough to take away to realize that actually I need to patch things. I need to make it have my secure passwords. So there's other elements that we're trying to, um, to give them sight of, if you like, as well. Certainly think that's really
0: important, oh definitely, the awareness side of things, just in terms of you know your own your personhood and, and your uh, privacy as well outside of work is is definitely important, so you mentioned uh we're talking about this you know girls competition can we can we get some more information about you know the specifics of the competition, how it works what kinds of things they they do whilst they're involved yeah, sure, so
2: um the girls competition's got three phases now anyway, it started originally with two phases. Um, and as Sarah alluded to, we changed after the first year. The first year we did it for age groups around about 13 to 15, but then we realised we weren't actually hitting the right market. We needed to get the, to the girls before they took their options at school. So the following year we actually changed it. So the qualifying age now is for um, year eight uh, in the UK, which is um, S2 in Scotland and year nine in Northern Ireland. And so it's, that's the age group we're aiming it at at the moment, around about 12 to 13 year old. Um, we ideally like them to work as a team and the maximum team of four. And there is actually a logistical reason around that, apart from anything. else. But, you know, when, if they do qualify to the uh, to the final, um, it really helps if you've got round numbers, quite honestly. But you know, we have had team members that have worked, you know, teams that have come that come through and won in teams of three. Um, but generally we ask for a roundabout team of four. And um, the idea is, is that they work through on a qualifier round. Uh, The first round is roughly for about 10 days and that gives uh, girls an opportunity over that 10 day period to answer as many questions as they can. It's it's certainly not a first past the post competition because the way the challenges are written are quite complex. Sometimes they actually might need to do some research before they can even answer the question. So that's one of the things that this competition, the difference of this competition is that I'd like them to try and learn from it. We, we know that they're never going to be able to answer some of the questions or have done some of the context that we have in the uh, challenges in school. So there is an element of development and research uh, to understand what they're looking at before they can even get that far. So we've got um, four different categories that we, we put our challenges in for that qualifier, which are um, logic and coding, networks, cryptography, and just a general cybersecurity category. And we also have three levels of difficulty. So we're trying to stretch them. So we start with the beginning, you know, some early category, early questions that are um, easy, and then they can evolve to the intermediate and the expert. And obviously, as they as they go up through the level of difficulty, they, obviously, the score uh, gets higher. And also, some of the time spent on the challenges is uh, a little bit longer. A lot of teachers say to me, how long will it take them to do it? That's so difficult to answer because we've got some really quick wins, the girls who have not done anything like this before we want them to be able to get in straight away and get some of that positive reinforcement right in the early stages but then we also want to stretch those who have got that tenacity who are going to stick with it um and actually just push them a little bit further and try to help them understand something a little bit out of the that they would probably never ever come across so that's for the qualifier um, we then introduced uh, only in 2020 actually the semi final round And we take a percentage up and down the country and from the three nations and we give them um, a very similar but a one day quick um, uh, opportunity to answer some more challenges. And those challenges are submitted by our Cyber First industry uh, contacts. So this is a way of getting industry involved with the competition and also a way that girls can actually see that the different types of companies that are working in cyber that they perhaps wouldn't have thought about. So, you know we've got retailers, we've got banks all those people need cybersecurity specialists so that's why one of the reasons why we wanted to have the semi final slightly different and challenges written by industry for those and that's like as i say probably about four or five hours on a short sharp semi final day and then we take the top eight teams from across the country we actually then look at we have got a couple of wild cards that we throw in who are the top scoring Um, girls only state and top scoring mixed state and then that's how we get our top 10 teams so the top 10 teams then are taken to a final Um, and this is where the dynamic slightly changes because this is now where we're actually getting the teams to really work as a team together and it's a completely different uh, situation not individual standalone challenges it's based on a scenario so we put the girls as if they were Tech team, pen testing team, whatever the scenario is, to work out something, why it's happened, who's done it, and what they can do to, uh, to to mitigate the issues that they found, and also in that final, I like to challenge the girls by getting them to to do a skill that again is probably overlooked, in as much as if you've got that deep technical expert understanding, you need to be able to convey that to a non technical person. That is really important. Because, you know, there are going to be people, CEOs of companies who really haven't got that level of detail. But if you can communicate that from a technical perspective, that's really good. So you might not want to go into being a pen tester, but actually, you know enough about it to be able to work in that space where you can communicate those kind of things. So we get the girls at the end of the final to do a briefing uh, to actually relay what they found and how they found it, which is, again, back down to that team uh, team dynamic. Uh, They've got to work together. They're in a short time frame on the day. Um, So, yeah, that's how the dynamic slightly changes when we get to the final. That's when the fun really begins.
0: Yeah, that's such a useful skill set as well. Even you know, personally working within the pen testing space, I often say it doesn't matter how good a hacker you are if you can't explain that to the customer. If they can't you know take that information and make meaningful change improvements, then then it's useless. So it's great to see that in that you know for our hour within the competition. Yeah, I think the big bit that Charles hasn't
1: mentioned as well is in terms of the final where we take the girls as part of the final so that we've had some awesome um, venues and prizes so the girls have been to afternoon tea at buckingham palace and they have stood on the balcony that you see all the royals they've actually been on the balcony and waved to everyone um, where else have we take oh bbc
2: studios yes we went to the media uh, media center didn't we and bbc studios they sat on the red sofa i think what it is when we come to that it's because, you know, when we look at the, the amount of girls that enter the competition, I really want to feel, I really want them to feel that they've achieved. And actually, I know it's very clichéd, but do you know what? If they get to the rule they're all pretty good. You know, even if they don't win on the day, that whole experience is the fact that they worked really hard through the qualifier, through the semis. And I want to give them a really unique experience before they actually go and do the hard work on the next day. But it's nice to give them a dinner. Uh, they can then circulate. And actually, do you know what? We've even integrated some... Um, social engineering into that dinner sometimes there's a little play uh, to actually get them to understand a little bit more about each team and brought that into the competition so whatever we do that's usually uh it's usually linked in some way into into what we're doing the scenario build on the monday but it is great you uh, know we like to take the final we've taken it up and down the country really and we've started in something exceptionally grand in lancaster house which was a phenomenal space. And and the space to be honest, when I get the final is, is one is a really key um, key requirement for me. There's a, a lot to, to go on there. Um, you know, we've been to Manchester, we've been to Edinburgh, Wales, you know, so we're we'll taking it up and down the country. We're we'll trying try to try keep it away from being overly London centric. So um, yeah, it's it's meant to be a really good experience, uh, as well as oh, I should imagine the girls will say, some very, very hard work. But it's nice to offer them that extra, a little bit extra as well, as I say, the afternoon tea and the visit to Windsor Castle, and that's just as a you know, you top ten teams have done an awesome job, and
0: uh, yeah, we just want to give you a special a special treat. It makes you feel as well, doesn't it? It makes you feel like you've done something if you you have almost like a prize at the end, even if it's still involved in the competition. That's the link to it. You know, if you if you get that far, you want to feel like you know you've, you hey you've made it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and when you see the challenges that the girls do
1: wow, I mean, these girls are really exceptionally bright. I mean, I can do some of the basic channels but, um, challenges, but when you get to the really complex challenges, they are really working their socks off and they are, yeah, second to none in terms of their knowledge and expertise. You're almost in awe of these girls and they're only 12 13. And you think, yes, these are our future cybersecurity professionals. And if you can just challenge that energy and then keep them interested, then they could be our future pen testers,
0: and the people that are helping to keep us safe when we're working online. So, yeah, it's amazing. There must be a degree as well of just, you know, having these, you know, exceptionally talented, exceptionally skillful young people. It must just be the challenge of making them aware, right? You know, you can see through the competition that they would be good in these jobs, but they'll never gain those jobs if they don't know that that's an option for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And that that comes back down to the confidence thing.
2: Right at the beginning, you know, um we did uh, um, quite a few years back now. I was went to another uh, organisation that ran a little competition, and it was a mixed team, um, and it was really apparent to me. And it was what one of our challenges that we'd written, which was I was sitting in on it and watching this mixed team uh, work it out. And the girl straight away got it. She got it straight away, and she tried to tell them. She tried to make her point. And that it was just completely, no, 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 you know, let's do this. Go. They went down different rabbit holes and they actually didn't complete the challenge. And I said to the teacher, Mike, you must, ha-, you know, you must harness this because this young girl, she had it nailed within the first 10 minutes. So it's just giving them that confidence to stand up and go, do you actually know I am right? And I think the girls in that space to work themselves together because it just gives them that opportunity to give them themselves, themselves that much more confidence to to um yeah to put their stamp on things and to actually realize what they can achieve and they can achieve i mean we actually put some sample questions on the website and i have had teachers come back to me and say god they're really hard." i don't do that i said well would you know what give it a go and they have come back and they've said do you know what I have never seen them so engaged they managed to do so much more than we ever thought because actually once you get that hook in they get you know they actually get really sucked into this and actually the learning the self-learning um is going to stand with stay with them forever because you know if you've actually taken the time to do that yourself to come up with the answer it's going to stick with you a lot longer than if you're
0: just you know it's just like rote I guess you know so it's been really interesting there's some kind of generic skills that you're talking about here as well that maybe we haven't highlighted just in terms of things like the ability to do independent research the ability to say you know i don't know how to answer that right now but but i can look into it and i can learn as i go
2: yeah i mean that's a, a, another another hurdle if you like with the competition you know whereas a lot of teachers feel that they to be able to help their girls and i completely understand that that's their role that's what they are there to do and to teach and to to lead and guide but we're asking them to do slightly out something out of the box here, which is actually do it for themselves. You know, they have to go and think, well, how am I going to do this within my team? What are we going to do? They need to talk about it and work out a solution and then implement that solution. And that's really, you know, I I do take on board, that's really difficult sometimes for the teachers to grasp, but I think it really does show how the girls have got that resolve and that tenacity um, to push through. And, you know, after 10 days of these girls doing it uh you know the teachers come back to me and go, do you know what i'm blown away uh we had recently one well, because we're all on teams at the moment and they said you know we're teaching through teams and i sit there with my, my class in front of me and i get very little response uh you know very little chat function they just i've just got blank squares you know facing back to me and then he said do you know what but since they start the girls competition i can't keep them quiet they're all all chatting they're all integrating they're all working through together and the actual you know the you know the way that they've embraced it um is, is actually a quite surprising thing
0: that's great that's so good to hear um so so for people who are, who are listening into this and this sounds like something that either they're a young person or they would like to be involved in or maybe they have a, a family member or something who you know think they think this would be beneficial to them in the future How how do people get involved in this so one of so the easiest way is to the school um, is
1: to get the school interested in CyberFirst, um, and we've also got a new initiative running, which is something called CyberFirst Schools, which is us looking for schools that are exemplars in cybersecurity, computer science education. Um, if they have a look at the NCSC um, CyberFirst website, all of the details are on there, and they can have a look at that. Um, but I think the other thing, and I know I've been talking about computer science. But one of the things, actually, is you don't have to be doing all of these STEM-related subjects, even when it comes to the A-levels, A-levels and joining our bursary programme, what we are looking for is that curiosity and that passion for technology. So even if you haven't got those STEM A-levels, we do take candidates through a series of um, aptitude tests, um, which sort of tests whether they have got that critical way of thinking that we're seeking. Um, So it's not just that you don't... You don't have to be a geek to be a cybersecurity professional. And that's what we're trying to teach. But you have to be able to, as Sharma was talking about, learn and explore. And as you said, that independent thinking and independent research. So that's one of the things we can teach people to be cybersecurity professionals, but we can't teach people to have that natural curiosity and way of thinking. Um, so that's what we're trying to encourage. But in terms of if you want to get involved, I would say talk to the school, talk to your teachers or have a look at the website and all of the details are on there. Yeah, just on that,
2: with the teachers, um, the teachers that register the girls for the competition, they don't have to be computer science teachers. There are lots of teachers out there who just want to do good things for their children, for the pupils. So, you know, even if you're uh, a librarian and you've got time, and some girls come in and go, do you know what? We'd like to, we'd like to have a go at this, Miss. So, whatever, then absolutely, you can register the team. It's just being part of that school. Um, that's how we. It's easier for us to to keep track of who we're doing, and it just works works really well. So. Yeah, don't have to be a comp sci teacher, math teachers do it, we've you know, we've had careers advisors do it, so absolutely one of those teachers who's just got a little bit of extra time that they're happy to register the team, register the girls, and open up the classroom at lunchtime for them to do a bit of time when they do it. Or, you know, the girls can do the competition at home or at school, so they don't even have to do it during school time, they don't have to be taken off timetable. I've tried to make the competition so flexible that we can cover off everybody. So if they haven't got opportunity to open the classroom after school on a, you know, on a school night, that's fine. If the girls want to do it at home, they can. If they do it on the weekend, they can. Or if you want to use it in an hour's lesson and just get all your girls to do it for an hour and see who where it flies and where it doesn't, you can. So it's really, you know, I've really tried to be as flexible with the, the chance to
1: actually have a go at the competition. Probably the one thing worth mentioning actually is our summer programme of courses, so we're going to be running our virtual um, summer programme which will have week-long courses in the summer and those will be advertised from April the 26th, so if you've got any students or uh, children age 14 through to 17, I'd get them to have a look at our website because we will have 1800 places that are free to students over the summer um, and five of those will be residential events hopefully we'll be able to do some face-to-face events so for the children aged 16 to 17 we'll have five residential events as well so that's a way of the kids to get involved in cyber first and actually start joining our program through our courses as well
0: that sounds great i guess that's worth worth mentioning since you you brought up the residential aspect there um how has the delivery been during this you know coronavirus period where we've been going remotely is Has everything been going fine and actually the competition's fine to run remotely or has there been some specific challenges? So for the courses last year,
1: um, we did turn all of those into virtual deliveries uh, and we were worried, if I'm honest, we were really worried about the fact that all of the students have obviously been doing all of their lessons, all of their learning has been online, whether they have a bit of online fatigue through the courses. But you know what? We were oversubscribed with the children wanting to come on our courses. And I think they quite liked doing the courses because it's all teacher led. So they had the chance still to interact with 50 other students online through online chat. They had a tutor there and we also had other people sort of like um, floor walkers, but virtual floor walkers. They were able to help the students if they had any problems. So it was amazing. So we managed to still have 50 percent of all of our places were taken by girls. I think 32% of our places were taken up by ethnic minorities, which is the biggest we've ever seen in terms of any of our courses. So based on that, we're actually wondering whether virtual is the way to go for some of our courses. But saying that, we also recognise that some of the older students, you can't beat face-to-face, and our face-to-face courses are on university campuses. So if you're aged 16 to 17 and you want to think, what's it like to be on a university campus? What does it feel like to live in dorms and things like that? Sorry, not dorms, halls of residence. (laughs) Um, It gives them a really good chance. So we're going to try reverting back just for five of them to be face to face. But we could make it virtual if need be. Um, And in terms of the girls competition, uh, Charlotte has had to adapt, but I'll let her talk about that. Yeah, so I mean, the girls' competition has not been too bad because obviously the first,
2: the qualifier round is is browse based, so they can do it from wherever they are. That's always been the same. Same with the semi final, except the semi final, we would like them, what we did in 2020 was to co locate the teams, uh, an industry headquarters or, or a, um, a university, so that they could all work together, so that there's to a bit more of a competitive feel, if you like. So that's had to be put uh, by the wayside this year, um, and they can compete from school or at home, depending on where they are in the UK, and obviously the government guidelines at the time, which the, um, is in, well, the semi-final is in uh, two weeks' time, actually, so it's on the 19th of March. Uh, so, yeah, so it's not too bad. It's it's a shame that that industry involvement has been taken away from the semi-final element, but it will be back uh, for 2022 uh so uh yeah we would definitely use that again and as for the final that's you know it's, that's one of the hardest things for me because as we have explained we want the whole two-day event of the final to you know it's it's a it's a, a full-on two days we offer them the dinner we offer them a, an experience and then we have the competition on the day we have lots of industry vips coming in and to see them and to talk to them so this year it is going to be harder uh, the the schools that qualify will be working from their school um but there's lots of different things that we're adding to the mix this year so um different challenges i would say i just hope that we can have that extra um little bit of something that makes them feel special we're doing we are doing something a little bit different i don't want to give too much away but um yeah they are going to get some other little bits and pieces through the post as it were but uh, yeah that again is browser based it's just not going to be they're just not going to be co-located um so this year it's a virtual year but isn't it been exceptional year all round, hasn't it really so um another challenge but we'll pull it off and we hope the girls have a an equally as good an experience and we are looking to do something for both this year's girls and last year's girls as a by way of a you missed out or you know last year they missed out on their extra treat um because of the COVID situation. So there is something in the pipeline that we're hope, hopefully will get two lots of the last finalists together and um, and get something really special for them towards the end of the year. So there is we are
0: working on something on that as well. That's awesome. That's so good to hear. Um so yeah I think I think as a as a good overview of the of the program, the competition, the the course is that that's been really great so far. Is there anything that you think is worth highlighting that we've maybe not talked about yet? Um, maybe the
1: industry involvement. I mean, you yourselves as a company are
0: involved, aren't
1: you, in Cyber First? You know, we could not do what we do without industry support and help. Uh, we are 100 percent reliant on industry support, and I think the give back that we get from industry is just amazing. You know, they're always keen to help, give prizes do mentoring, work experience, support our careers fair. Um, and I think even through the virtual, you know, throughout the whole of the summer, last summer, industry really stepped up and did loads of virtual talks for us as well. So for me, and I think if there's any other companies that are listening that wanted to get involved in Cyber First, and I'm hoping that you guys think it's a good program. We think it's an awesome program. Uh, but industry, yeah, I, I just think it's a huge thank you because they've been really supportive of us the whole way through. Um yeah, so 120. We've got a target of having 150 working with us by the end of next financial year. So we're still looking for new people to join with us and work with us, as they're a massive part of what we do. Yeah. So, yeah.
2: And I think for me, I just want to say, especially this year, a big thank you to the teachers who have entered the competition this year. They have had to balance and juggle a lot. So I really appreciate the fact that they've taken the time to enter. Um, I hope they will enter again, and I hope they see the benefits that that come through for the girls for this. Um, so, just a big thank you for them to to uh, keeping the competition going this year. They have said thank you to me or to the team for us to running it. Um, that was never an option; it was always going to go ahead. Um, but um, yeah, so just a thank you to the teachers. They're the ones who get the girls, you know, registered and and uh, and get them on the books you know and the team especially the teachers who enter like 25 30 teams a time that's uh, that's pretty awesome so uh, when we see that i'm like wow they're really embracing it so thank you very much to all those teachers that are taking the time to register their girls for hopefully what they feel is a really worthwhile competition that they learn from
0: great and of course thank you both for, for joining me today to, to run us through the program the courses and across course, the competition so so thanks for thanks for joining thank you for having us yeah no thank you to be able to 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 to